Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. Yo, Maurice, what's up? I'm good. How you doing? I am great. How are you? I am great as well. Good, good. What's going on in your life? Not much. Um, Since we last recorded, not much has really been going on. Been, you know, busy at work. Over the weekend was really nice weather, so tried to venture out down take take a long walk around the park but it was way too many scott (laughs) it was way too many people out there (laughs) oh they were out in full force yeah because it was warm yeah even the traffic like just to drive anywhere was crazy Mm -hmm. yeah so we were gonna walk down the river trail Uh but it was like probably four people deep like on each side and and then like you know, they have the bike trail and, you know, people walk and jog and stuff out there. But it was, like, too thick out yeah. there. So, kind of just came home and, and chilled. Wow. Yeah. Should have just went up to the roof deck and avoided everyone. All That's people. what I'll do next weekend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, surprisingly, on was it was on Saturday, my boyfriend and I, we went to Ray Street Pier. Because it's, like, right up the street from his place. And it was empty. Like, mm. I went there, prepared for it to just be overrun and crowded. Mm-hmm. But it was, like, us and, like, two other couples on the whole pier. It was insanity. Um, but I remember later, was it that day or the next day? I'm not sure. But I wanted to go. Do you know that place? It's, like, over by the Schuylkill. I guess technically it's University City. It's called. Actually, we, yeah, we took our photos there. The Sierra Green. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just opened up. Yeah, they just opened. I was like, ooh, babe, let's go there. Let's go there. And he was like, nah, it's going to be too many people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah and so. you're stuck once you get up there. There's nothing. Right. Like you're confined. Because mm-hmm. it's like on the, it's this like park, right? On the top of a parking garage between two buildings. Yeah. It's cute because the views are really nice. And then they have that big ass TV. Right. But yeah, no, I don't want to be up there. With right. everybody. It's, it's, no, it's a very Instagrammable locale, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. But then, um, so I spent most of the weekend watching the Snyder cut of Justice League. Which... Is that a porno? No, no. Okay, because I keep seeing this meme of like it looks like a seventies porn uh. guy. And it's like the Snyder Cut, the Snyder Cut. And I don't, I didn't get the reference. No, so the Snyder Cut is, um, so Justice League, which is like Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Right. And a couple other superheroes. So, you know, they have like their series of movies and their universe or whatever. But, uh-huh. um, so the guy who did the Justice League, he started filming it, the original director started filming it, and then his daughter passed away so he had to like step back from doing it but they had already started filming and they i mm. want to say they filmed at least half of it and then they brought this new director in to like finish it up but he, and so it was like kind of he was just trying to reuse the footage that the other director had already shot and then it was kind of cor- it ended up like really corny and so right. <laughs> it didn't do too well in the theaters and so the fans were like you know give us the Snyder cut like bring back the original director and then like redo it. So he apparently they gave him like $70 million to like finish wow. it up with his like original vision. Like he himself, they said he didn't get paid for it. He was just doing it for fun. 
but I don't believe that. But um, it was like four hours long. Wow. Yeah, because it was just it was a lot. Like the only four hour movie that I enjoy is Gone with the Wind, which is problematic. <laughs> it's problematic, but I mean I love that movie. But um it yeah, it was long and they broke it up into like six or seven they call it like parts or whatever. But uh-huh. it was just like visually it looked so much better than the original one. It gave you more like a darker like color palette, like the scenes were more intense, but then they also added a lot of slow motion in it. And I was like, okay, <laughs> y'all are wearing me out with the slow motion. Right. But visually it looked really good. So I, I just sent you a meme. I don't know if you got it. Yeah. But it's who who's Henry Cavill? Oh, he's Superman. Oh, okay. But do you do you see it looks like a porn? cover oh yeah they did one with all of them so they did the henry cavill one and then there's a i believe there is a um what's his real name jason momoa one okay oh he's in it yeah he's in it he's aquaman you know that's my husband after lenny kravitz oh no (laughs) you know lisa bonet and i have a really similar (laughs) right (laughs) right and then um but yeah, it was it was it was good, but it was not worth those four hours. I mean, oh, damn. yeah, but yeah, whatever. And then um, I also watched this new show that is on E, and it comes on right after Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's called Overserved with Lisa Vanderpump. Okay, <laughs> I like her too. The premise of the show is that. Well, you know, everyone's like filming in COVID, so they can't really do reality shows like they usually do. So she's hosting like dinner parties at her house for like two people, like three people or whatever. And like her daughter's there. The husband comes in and out sometimes. But the premise of the show is that she's going to get the guests like super drunk Mm -hmm. and then they just start spilling their tea. And I was like, oh, Mm, it's all kind of consent issues with that. Like. Right. <laughs> Trying to build Cosby them or what? Right. But um it's not a good concept. Yeah, especially not to say it on <laughs> on TV. Like, she was like, they don't know what's in this drink and I'm gonna, you know, get them ooh. drunk and I was like, ooh, and then she's like mixing the cocktails and then like putting some put some more in there. And um so the first episode was Vivica Fox and um the gay boy from sing or new kids on lance bass lance bass yeah okay so d-list celebrity yeah yeah pretty much okay pretty much (laughs) (laughs) you have to go with who's available (laughs) it was cute she has a nice home but it was just like a bit too over the top like she had these two miniature yeah she had these like miniature horses and then well she's always had those oh she has yes and the swans oh she didn't have the swans on this episode oh okay but she'd probably bring them out at some point Yes, but yeah. yes. But that was my weekend. What 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 are you up to? Um, my weekend was pretty chill. Just home with the boyfriend. I did brunch with my boyfriend and my mom and my sister on Sunday. Um, what else? Oh, I'm obsessed with this show on Netflix. I finished it already. It's called Marriage or Mortgage. Oh, I was gonna watch that. It's pretty good. 
Um, so basically the premise of the show is that these couples have saved up money and they only have enough money to either have a wedding or <laughs> or to put down as a down payment on a home. So all the couples like are committed couples, they want to be married, mm-hmm. but they can't be married and get a house. So yes, you can. No, you don't. These couples, these couples have to choose. Okay, they're going this tight, right? Because they want extravagant weddings or just regular weddings, to be quite honest. Um, so I would just add a wedding. You know, it's just like these people don't want like a Kim Kardashian wedding. They just want a regular wedding. But these are expensive. Like a regular, a good, a decent wedding. You know, is forty thousand dollars, forty five thousand dollars, which is a nice down payment on a home. So um, there's like a realtor. And then there's a wedding planner, and they're like working in competition, trying to convince the couple <laughs> to either have love a it or list it, exactly, or have or, or, or buy this home. Um, it's based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was shocked with you know they did have two lesbian couples, they had an interracial mm-hmm, couple, mm-hmm. no gay men couples, but I was shocked with the amount of couples that chose to have a wedding over getting a home. Like it was dumb. Well, like they would just be like. Okay, yes, we're going to have a wedding for, you know, all of our friends and family. It's one day, but then we're going to go back to living in our studio apartment. And now we have to stay <laughs> for four more years. I'm like, girl, go down to the courthouse, get married, Basically. and have a wedding when you can afford to. Like a day versus like the next four years of your life because you got to save money. And these people are not house hunter people. They don't have mad money. They're like, you could tell, they like, it took us five years to save this $30,000. Oh, okay. So it was really interesting to me. I was so enthralled with the show. It was just shocking how many people chose wedding to me. But again, these people are in Nashville. I think that the housing market, you know, the prices of the houses, because I've been looking at homes in Philadelphia, and it's like the prices in Nashville, you get a lot of bang for your buck. But also a lot of the couples I noted were really religious. So maybe that kind of informed their decision to get married as opposed to getting the home. But it's it's a really good show. They just ain't got Ain't got it because forty thousand dollars and you're putting what twenty percent down. Like, what's the credit situation? I feel like a lot of these are. Let me, you know, kind of stunt a story so I can get on TV. Oh, but the real gag was whenever they did filming, a couple, like a few of the couples, had to like either cancel or downsize their wedding because they must have filmed this last year when COVID was popping off. (laughs) So, like a lot of them were like, we put our deposit down on the venue and now we can't get it back. And I'm like, see, should have got that house, you dumb bitch. (laughs) But then you know that even like House Hunters or like any of these shows on HDTV are kind of fake in the sense that. They've oh, yes. already put, they've already like bought the house. They've already closed on it. You know, they right. just have it's to go through efficient. the motions. Of... And you could tell. Because like the realtor and the, in the wedding planner, the wedding planner mm-hmm. would be like, we're going to give you all the seating for your vignettes free. Or we're going to, we're going to upgrade you from a buffet to a plated meal for free. And I'm like, girl, that's a difference of tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like, that's not just free. Or yeah. she would be like, you know, we're going to give you a $25,000 seller assist, and we're going to give you all spay kitchen appliances for free. But I'm like, girl, like, no. Yeah, no. Went on this show because they knew they were getting, like, assistance. Either with the wedding or with the house. I feel like most of the couples had their mind made up before they even went on the show. Of course. Yeah, you don't need a show to make help you make that decision. Like, you definitely know, look, our budget, we ain't going to get this house, so... We might as well have the wedding. Right, right, right. 
this is a good show. I'm just I'm just very much in the marriage or mortgage mindset right now, so maybe it just speaks to me. <laughs> really? Yes, well, you know, I've been trying to buy a home. So that's kind of where I'm at. I've been in the mortgage, um, but like, I will say this. I will choose a house every time. I'm very much in the mortgage camp. I don't know. It's just like, I don't know if I want a big wedding. I'm fine with just going down to the justice of the peace. The older I get, it seems silly for me to spend forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 on a party. I would rather just take a really luxurious vacation. And also, I don't have a lot of friends and a lot of people. I mean, I would have a smooth 20 people at my wedding anyway. Hmm. That's interesting. Why? Um, it just is. I didn't think you would choose that. I, I'm telling you, Maurice, I have grown in this past year. I know you haven't seen me in real life, but I've really grown as an individual. I'm now an outdoor gay. I am now, um, you know, more of a mortgage person than a wedding person. It just seems silly to have that much money on a party to spend. But if you got it, do both. And I don't. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to choose a house. And I agree. If I had it like that, would I do both? Yes. But, you know, I got student loans. (laughs) So there you go. Makes sense. Right. All right. Well, that was a good little weekend recap. So let's get to the next thing. The show's time for what you're drinking. What are you drinking this week, Maurice? Tonight, I have another with co cocktail situation. Co needs to sponsor us. My email address <laughs> is category is pod at gmail.com with co. <laughs> so today, I have um the jackass, and they describe it as a modern like mule like a moscow mule mm-hmm. so it has um fresh ginger and fresh lime the ginger is really spicy um so handle <laughs> handle with care um you can pair it with whiskey for a whiskey ginger um okay. or vodka which is you know my preferred alcohol of choice um for a modern mule it's really good lovely what it sounds you... really good. It is. You know me. I I love my wines. I can't do my liquors like I used to. Um, I just I again I changed growth. Uh, but this week I'm having a white wine because I do love my whites in summertime and given the weather, I feel like it's time for um Sauvignon Blanc. So I'm just having a nice one from New Zealand, the Oyster Bay. It's crisp. <laughs> it's bright. It's delicious. The budget, <laughs> but it's good. You know, I love me a nice, fresh, crisp white wine. I think it's still too early for white wine for me. It probably is, but you know, I'm just proud of myself because I chilled this one, and there's no ice cubes. In it. Oh, classy bitch! <laughs> uh, mess. And speaking of a mess, let's get into this week's categories because it's a messy, messy week. Um. I've had to be really present on social media to understand all the happenings of the world and shit has been going down. It's been getting crazy. And I have this theory that just like when the weather gets warm, people lose their fucking mind. And when they got a little money in their pocket. You know them stimmies hit. So people out here are wilding. What I really did see is that um, folks are acting up down in Miami for spring break. And I'm just all types of confused. 
Have you seen any of this footage on on the internet? All I saw was the. I don't even know if they were. I don't know how old these women were, but they were fighting. That's the only thing I saw because it was funny. Oh, I saw one where the guy was like trying to dine and dash on his bill, <laughs> and the waiter started chasing that ass, and they tackled him and was able to like restrain him and take him back to the restaurant to pay his bill. Oh wow! And it's like, first of all, that's dumb because you know if you dining and dashing, you you sat down with no intention to pay. You probably order way more food than you would have if you were paying. So you're stuffed. You probably got an appetizer or two, an entree, a dessert, a couple of drinks. What makes you think you can run after all that? <laughs> <laughs> are you gonna be light? Are you gonna be are you gonna be um agile? You gotta, gotta burn them calories off. <laughs> I mean, I guess, but he got caught. He was tripping all over himself. But as they were like apprehending him, it was like a twerk. I don't mean mosh pit. I don't know what to call it. Just all these girls twerking in the middle of the intersection. All I'm going to say is that Miami just looks real ghetto. I've, I've never had a great impression of Miami. I've been there before. I wasn't impressed. I've only been the Miami one time. Peak, it seems peak ghetto. It seems like, you know, top shelf ghetto. Like, you know. Yeah. I've only been the one time. I feel like Miami was the city that in the maybe... 50s 60s was popping. right right because they had you know frank sinatra sammy mm-hmm. davis jr all that shit popping mm-hmm. you know it's close to cuba you got your spanish vibes you know right. it was like probably the destination where you want to get away but still feel like you're you know in the u.s if you mm-hmm. you know don't want to go to puerto rico because i don't think puerto rico was popping back then mm-hmm. but now no ma'am no ma'am it's just very tacky i mean like there are some nice things that are luxurious about it but see me i grew up in atlantic city new jersey so i grew up in a beach town and atlantic city is garish and tacky and just messy right but also growing up there i have a romanticized view and it can be nice and there's little nooks and crannies or enclaves that are really cute but the thing about Atlantic City is that it's more family friendly and that's always been its problem with having the casinos but my first time to Miami I was like this reminds me of Atlantic City like how many like you know beach t-shirt bathing suit stores do we need it's super commercialized it it, it caters to a tourist and sure there's some tall pretty buildings but there's the same thing in Atlantic City it felt very much like Atlantic City to me without salt water taffy and without without a, a funnel cake in a boardwalk. No, it definitely doesn't give me like Atlantic City. It's like, really? well, the places I went was they were really nice. Okay. <laughs> I'm real <laughs> classy based. So, because I know Miami, you know, you have like your South Beach and you have like the Millionaire Island and you have, um, you know, these. The, yeah, you have like the exclusive, you know, kind of communities, and then you got like Carroll Gardens and you got, right. you know, the hood. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you got like the hood because you got like Miami Beach and then you got Miami. And those are two different things. I think the like romanticized portion of Miami is like um, Ocean Drive and like where the real world house was and things like that. Like South, like that's the nice Miami. But I mean, I stay like in South Beach right down the block from the Versace Mansion. Um, which is now a hotel 
which is not a hotel. And it was just ghetto to me. It was peak ghetto. Still. I was I was just not impressed. But again, I don't know. I mean, who's from Miami? Trina, Trick Daddy. Again, not impressed. Girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My bad is Carroll City, not Carroll Gardens. Okay, Carroll City. Yeah. But there's something else gardens. Miami Gardens. Liberty Gardens. Miami Gardens. Okay, Miami Gardens. Yeah. I can't keep up. But I'll say this. It just seemed like a lot of young black college kids, or not even college kids, because it was a whole it bunch a, of men out there that was yeah. a smooth 45 years old. Like, you ain't never been to college, stepped foot in a college, or applied to one. But just people out there acting up. No mask on. Mind you, it's a whole pandemic out mm-hmm. here still. You know, out there in their Fashion Nova fashions. Gotta wear them somewhere. They've been sitting on those for a year. You know, and out here, you know, just in the street, like not at a club or a bar or a beach club or an establishment, just twerking in the middle of the intersection. And like, did you see, I saw some video of all these girls. I forget, I don't know what airport they were at, but it was like last week they were trying to get to Miami. And I don't know how they got past security, but they got past security, got on the plane with fake boarding passes, and, and then were escorted off the plane and handcuffed by police because they were trying to go to Miami without paying for a flight. Oh, wow. Like, you know, the girls are getting really crafty. The girls have gone wild. Gone wild. Like, I can't afford to get to Miami. It's going to be eight of us in this one Best Western room, but we're going to turn up. That's how all spring break trips are, anyway. That is true. <laughs> That is true. What, where was it? Was All-Star Weekend that was in Miami or is that Atlanta? That was in Atlanta. But yeah, that was also awesome. going on. That was also what? That was also going on last weekend. Right. Because I did see a, a GoFundMe for a girl who said that um, she was stranded in Atlanta and couldn't get back to Chicago because she only had enough money to buy a one-way ticket and yeah. then her unemployment check stopped so she was stuck. Oh, wow. Oh, <laughs> town. <laughs> priorities yeah but they said that there was over a thousand arrests in miami they had to like declare a state of emergency put a curfew in effect and everything but and a part of me i'm not trying to look at it through a racial lens but a lot of the acting up i've seen in miami was different than the acting up in fort lauderdale right like i feel like a lot of the black people was in miami having a fun the way we have fun and being a little rowdy for sure but like do we got to come out with the SWAT team do we have to have the tear gas and the pellet guns because let's be real all college students despite your race are traveling to texas florida wherever warmer climates to act up and have fun but why are certain groups targeted more than others like we hear about no pellet guns nowhere but miami a thousand rest like that's a lot yeah but also looking at the videos i saw it seemed justified. Like, I'm conflicted. <laughs> See. <laughs> it's crazy. But also, I'm just, I'm in a certain, I'm in a new age group. Evolving. It just, it seemed, ra- it seemed a little rowdy to me. It was Did you a... ever go on spring break? No, uh, I never went. Because we were poor. I was trying to hold on to my little refund check for my scholarship. Right. That I got <laughs> But it just yeah, it just seemed like one just a week of debauchery, and 
blackout getting blackout drunk and just that doesn't not fun that's not fun to me i mean but would it have been fun to you then no okay see there was a point in time in my life where that would have been fun to me yeah, but it's just last week <laughs> <laughs> but now a week later i recognize that i'm just not that person anymore you know growth <laughs> All right. Well, moving from Miami to this this issue on social media with all these infidelities has been brought mm-hmm. to attention by my one friend group that we call ourselves um, Legally Bad. <laughs> it's me and my girlfriends from law school. And also my, my sister. But we heard about the breakup between Saweetie and Quavo. Who? She's like, she's the my type rapper. That's my type. That's my type. She likes the mm-hmm. eight inches, six figures. Okay. Well, um, she basically like stopped following her man on social media. <laughs> and that alerted the fans that something must have been up. And he also stopped following her. Wow. And she basically bluntly said, like, you know, when you give the intimacy to another woman it ruins a relationship and I can't move forward, insinuating that he cheated on her. So that mm. was that. So she left him. And it was also like simultaneous with an interview she did with Justin Combs, P. Diddy's son, mm-hmm. who she used to date. Again, I can't keep up with all these facts. Mm-hmm. I had to do so much research. But then my sister also, she follows this guy who is a YouTuber and social media personality. <laughs> and he is a self-professed relationship expert. And, you know, as a woman, she's like, he really be talking the truth. He be talking about men ain't shit and what men got to do to get themselves together and improve themselves and connect with their woman and understand their woman. You know, it's very, um, it's like church adjacent, very heteronormative. So nothing for us. Act like so a lady, like, think like a man. It's very Steve much Harvey. that. Getting very much that. Absolutely. And this guy was like blowing up a couple hundred thousand followers, was about to get a book deal, all this stuff. And my sister would just like, she'd always talk about him in his videos. And she's like, yes, he gets it. He gets it. There's hope for us. So many of these men just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And then the other day, it just blew up that um, he has been having an affair on his wife of four years for the past Ooh. 10. Is this Derek Jackson? <laughs> Yes, it is. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, they been clowning him for the past few days. I'm just upset because he had this whole apology video that showed up in the video with his wife and her hair bonnet. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "Girl, he was looking all like a snack, all pumped up from the gym, mm-hmm, all chocolatey, and yeah, scrumptious." And <sighs> she was sitting next to him in like her hair bonnet. Like right. an oversized sweatshirt. She looked uncomfortable as fuck. Right. She she looked like she didn't want to be there. It was she did. very much like Stockholm Syndrome. And it was like, girl, he made sure he looked good and you look that's the shit. The manipulation. Yeah. Meanwhile, in his apology video, he probably fielding DMs from chicks from that exact video. Oh, for sure. Like he's playing you. And not that like not, and not that I'm trying to talk about the woman who he's married to or the woman he was cheating with. But they were two different kinds of women, by the way they looked. Like, one was definitely, like, you know, the wife was a pretty woman, but she was clearly, like, the wife. Wife. 
the safe, the wife material, mm-hmm. the safe material, the one you come home to. The other one was giving very much a girlfriend experience, very mm-hmm. much, very much. She was giving Saweetie, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was giving the mistress vibe. Yeah. You know, like, let's not act like they don't have looks. You know, she had a very a snatched waist, fat ass, beat face. You know, she looked like she was in it for a Birkin bag. Mm-hmm. Giving that look. But I'm like, wow, here you out here calling yourself a relationship expert, building yourself up, and just got, like, dragged on the internet. And people really need to understand, like, privacy is not what the kind of privacy our parents, our grandparents had. You have to understand, like, when you're on the internet sharing so much of your life or even doing dirt off of the internet, that shit is going to come to light. Oh, for sure. You know, like... His wife was just kind of like, he picked his wife for a reason because he knew he, that she was the type of bitch that he could do that to. I'm just being honest. That might sound controversial, but it is what it is. Because a simple Google search or Instagram dig or Facebook, you know, investigation would have yielded some of this information. Or just having her ear to the streets about her man. But the fact that she showed up in the video with her bonnet on, that you know... <laughs> the that dirty glasses. <laughs> that, she, that, she, that she just being... Manipulate it and drag. Like I would I would not be that chick to do that. Like, fuck that. No way, ma'am. No way. Yeah, my thing was with that was because I watched like a piece. They went live on Instagram. Yes. And he was, you know, trying to explain himself and you know, said that he understands he's gonna lose some followers, but he gained about I don't know how many hundreds of thousands. He's got one point three million followers on Instagram right now. There you go. And you know, a lot of them are thoughts because they like, he chocolatey, he got a nice body, and he like the fuck. Okay. I'm a like... lot of them like the fact that he's married. Yeah, like, I'm trying to get you some of that. Yeah. Right, right. You know, because it, 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 it lays the ground for exploitation. Mm hmm. And then. Let me, let, me, let me get pregnant by the married man. Okay. Sure. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, you know, he's a nice guy. You know, it's not like, let me get a guy like him. It's let me get him, because right. now they know you know he he's a cheater and wants a cheater. And some people get like a rush off the temptation, mm-hmm. like like of like the win, like not the like like not him having the temptation, but the other people like wanting to entice him and saying, mm-hmm. "Yeah, I snagged him. Yeah, I got him." But you know, this is a problem. That I think that like actual celebrities and social media personalities. Or people who are insta famous will have to deal with as time goes on, like because when you present yourself to the world as one thing, and that thing is oftentimes like holier than thou, or not fully or wholly realized, like you don't let people see your vulnerable side, or you don't front the bad shit about your life that you know is like two snaps away from potentially coming out because you're sloppy and messy, or just that you're not being forthright or honest or I'm transparent. Like, you have to really reconcile that. Because you also look at that, like, what happened with, um, what's his name? Kirk Franklin. What? With the porn? No, not with the oh, porn. With, we hear about Kirk Franklin? When he cussed his son out? Yes. The son ain't shit for doing that. The son ain't shit for doing because that. Because okay, when the, I had first heard, I thought mm-hmm. the son was, like, a minor. No. But now that I found out that he's, like, a smooth, he's my age. Yeah. Like, he's mid-30s. Right. Well, and, I'm not mid-30s yet. But, yes. <laughs> close enough. <laughs> But if with that, I wouldn't have. If I was Kurt Franklin, I wouldn't apologize. One, that is a grown ass man. 
actually, no, one, that is my child. Two, right. he's a grown-ass man, and that ain't their right. first time doing that. Like, that ain't the first time he got cussed out by Kirk right. Franklin, and it won't be the last, but apparently they have, like, a troubled history and, right. you know, but to record it and then put him That's on blast. That's a private blast. matter. Yeah. Put him on blast on the internet is fucked up, but the problem is, is that the blowback from that for Kirk Franklin was the fact that people see him as this gospel singer, they see him in this certain light, because he's partially projected himself in that way. And his is different than Derek Jackson because, you know, he's in the gospel community. It's of church. There is inherent more moral and religious confines and expectations. From cussing? Yeah, to a certain yeah. extent. The way he was cussing him out, man. Oh, wow. But, you know, so it kind of, it, 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 it was not the Kirk Franklin that people were used to. But that Kirk Franklin doesn't have the room to exist in the gospel world. You see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So, like, but people need to understand that when you present yourself as, you know, one thing, mm-hmm. there is going to be some blowback from that. Like, Derek Jackson is going to experience a lot of blowback because you're saying, I'm a relationship expert. This is how you treat a woman. Meanwhile, you just done manipulated your wife. You picked the dumb one. And now you're getting over and playing her ass and then have the nerve to bring her ass in on the uh, apology video and make her look like even more of a fool. Yeah. Cause she was she like, she don't got a mama or some friends. Yeah, clearly not. Cause they let her come on that screen looking like that. No, man. But the thing he is, planned that shit. he planned it. Of course. Cause he was looking good in his little sweater. Right. Crotch to the camera. Showing off his little bulge. And she was over there looking a hot ass frowsy mess. Right. I'm like, girl, your nails ain't even done. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sorry, but you know, if that was me, like I would have came out there looking bad because I was trying to get me some too. Like if he gonna cheat, then right. I'm gonna come snag me some DMs as well. But, but I think it, like that. Right. So she was, you know, trying to put it back and say, well, you know, I'm, I came back and, you know, we're going to work through this and, you know, and then she was just like, okay, are we done? <laughs> but, right. but I mean, the thing is, is it the cheating or is it the betrayal or the lack of trust that makes people leave? Is it just the sex? Cause I the think latter. the betrayal and the lack of, yes. Yeah. The, the betrayal of trust. So, you know, I think that's the harder, harder part to work through. And, you know, there's just going to be some days where she like, fuck it. And maybe that was one of those days where she was like, I can't stand you. Get the fuck out of my face. But right, right. She fucked herself up with that, though. Right. Mm-mm-mm. End up like A-Rod and J-Lo. Because you know <laughs> the story was that, you know that reality show called uh, Southern Charm? Yes, it's on Bravo, but like nobody watches it. <laughs> I watched like the first season. It was good. Well, it was cute because it was in Charleston. Yeah. Yeah. Like... But um, after that, it just got a bit too much. But um, so yeah, the there's a chick on there now who said that um, A Rod was all in her DMs. And, you know, that was when this whole like cheating scandal came out. And then they both denied it, which. Uh huh you know, made it more obvious that it was true. And then, what, like two weeks ago, J-Lo and A-Rod, the story came out that they ended their engagement. Yes. And then, like, the very next day, they were like, oh, wait, no, we're still together. Right. Which means they're not. 
it's messy. And, and I will say this. I felt very bad when the news first broke because when I first heard it before the details fully leaked, I was like, you know, J-Lo, you're the common denominator. <laughs> but I had to eat crow when I found out the full story because it was on A-Rod based well, upon what we know. Right. But I'll say this. Like, men are interesting because you can have the baddest bitch, the richest bitch. She's doing the Super Bowl. She's got a banging body, beautiful face, all the money in the world. But he still wants to feel like a man. Like, it's hard to divorce lots of men from that, what they're taught by society or, or you know, just growing up that, like, they need to be the more dominant one or the one that's able to provide or the, or they always got to have a woman on the side. Like, that is really taught to a lot of men actually, like, passively and actively. And it's just like, come on, A-Rod. Like, you going to give up J-Lo for some bitch on, like, a D-rated show on Bravo? Come on. I mean, it goes back to, you said it was the thrill and it was all the, you know, the right other stuff, but... But have a thrill with, like, Rosie Perez. I don't know. Oh, sure. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like, at least she's a celebrity and she's Puerto Rican. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it's just, like, this basic no-name girl, girl. Mm. Hi, guys. But they still together. So, I think that about wraps up our categories for the week. I do want to discuss, I guess this, this next topic could be a realness. I'm going to present it as a realness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it could be a category. But anyway, there is this city, um, which is a suburb of Chicago, Illinois, called Evanston. And Evanston became the first U.S. city to make reparations available for Black residents for past discrimination in the lingering effects of slavery. Um, the city council voted eight to one to distribute four hundred thousand um, dollars in. $25,000 incremental payments to residents who could prove that they had some connection to the city between like 1919 and 1979. Okay. What? Yes. Um, so the program is going to be slave days. Right. But I think they're kind of trying to hit on like Jim Crow because I found it interesting that it ends in 1969. Mm-hmm. Um, did I say 79 or 69? I meant to say 69. So that's a correction. So because. Um, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 kind of was passed. So it's like, gives you like five years after that. So I think it's kind of more trying to impact Jim Crow. It's also Illinois. So the slavery thing wasn't as impactful there. So it kind of sort of makes sense. But it's interesting because I was having a conversation with my legally bad girls, like that kind of got heated, not heated, but it was just interesting because we all had a difference of opinion in that, um, the money, the $400,000 that's going to be dispersed can only be, is used for a specific purpose. So you can only use it as a down payment on property or for home improvements and repairs. It doesn't have to be like your primary residence. So you can use it to like for um, real estate investment and stuff like that. But you have to do it within the city of Evanston. Oh, so okay. it seems like the city is trying to like yeah. run a scam. An improvement for, like, the property values of the city under the name of reparations mm-hmm. and give back. So my one friend was like, that's some bullshit. Like, if you're going to give black people reparations, you got to give it to us free and clear. Here goes your $400,000, lump sum cash monies, and don't have no, no strings tied mm-hmm. to what I can and cannot do with it. 
And that was kind of of the opinion, like, you know what? I think that's fine. Like, I'm accepting of that. Maybe I just have a low-level standard, but I'm very much in favor if we're going to do reparations. Um, because I do have hefty student loan debt, you can erase my student loans and I'd be happy. But I also feel like, you know, give me cash and let me decide on what to do with that. I personally would invest it in the business or invest it in real estate to try to generate generational wealth. Um, but she was like, if people just want to, you know, take their check to Miami and ball out, they should be able to do that. And I'm like, well, girl, that's what people are doing with their stimmies. And I'd be looking at them some kind of way. But you I didn't get your ask... shit? I did not. Oof. So I just want to ask, you know, what would, excuse my dog. I just want to ask, like, what would, how do you feel about reparations, A, in terms of there being strings tied to it? Are you in agreement or are you not? And then B is, what would you do if you got your uh, reparations? In the amount of like four hundred thousand dollars, lump sum. Yes, oh. for purposes of this example, a lump sum. Well, one, I think that it is not. It, that's not reparations, because mm -hmm. it's too many caveats and stipulations on it. Like, mm -hmm. they have to have ties to the city. They have to get. Um. I forget what you said about the payments. Are they broken up or is it or is it a lump sum? No, they're broken up as a $25,000 payment. No. And then you have to use it on basically a capital improvement project within right. the city limits of Eveston. Uh, no. <laughs> no, ma'am. <laughs> because who is trying to do all of that? Like, it's not, um, it's not like you're just getting the money to you know, do with it what you please. Like, it should be given to you because you're owed it. Like, not with, you have to come back. First, you have to prove you, you know, belong here or you have ties here. Then right. you're only going to get it a certain amount every, you know, year or whatever. And then you have to use the money that we do give you to basically improve our city. Increase our property values. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So we can get more taxes. <laughs> yeah. It's like, nah, girl, you can't be doing all of that. Yeah. It does seem very scammy in that sense. Like, once I kind of, like, thought about it at first, because I'm, I'm thinking very much from the position of where I am with, like, looking for a home and trying to get a mortgage. I'm like, look, if you want to give me $25,000, I'd love to add that to my down payment. Like, you know, that's, I'm thinking very limited. You've been watching <laughs> Marriage of Morgan's too much. Marriage of Morgan's so much. I'm like, look, add that. I can save the rest of the money for a wedding. <laughs> But it's just like I'm think I'm thinking very personally. But when like my girlfriend's kind of flushed it all out, and you did too, it does make more sense. Like if you want to call it something else mm -hmm. besides reparation, that's fine. But this is not reparation. Right. At the same time, if I had a connection to Livingston or Evanston, sorry, Evanston, uh, Livingston's in New Jersey. <laughs> but if I had a connection to them. I wouldn't be like, no, don't give me the money. If I could prove I had the connection and you want to give me $25,000 to put down on like a, a income property, I'm going to take advantage of that. But most people won't because right. they're like, I don't get it in my, you know, directly. I can't use it for what I want. Fuck that. Right. So the amount of people who are actually going to take part of this scam or not, right. is not going to be that many. Right. My, my other girlfriend, she made a good point. Like, if they, she's like, even if they broadened it outside of like capital gains, right? If they mm -hmm. just said, um, you know, you can use it for education or you can use it to invest in a business or the stock market, like that would even be better 
She's like, but also, like, they're not giving people education. She's like, what is the educational average of Evanston, Illinois? Like, do people even know about property investment? What's the Black home ownership rate as is? Like, there's so many other things that need to be thought about. But I think, you know, it was definitely their PR team that kind of pressed us out. Like, we're the mm-hmm. first U.S. city to make reparations without thinking about the program in and of itself. Yeah. Well, Evanston is the home of Northwestern University. The alma mater of one of my favorite people, the Duchess of Sussex. So I do think people in that, I mean, it's a college town, but I do think the people who are there know a bit more than average. Sure, sure. Okay. I find the the reparations conversation so interesting because I think that it should happen, but I just don't, I don't think it'll happen. It ain't going to happen. No, I ain't going to happen. And not knowing how. I mean, they upset mm-hmm. me getting about fourteen hundred dollars to me, so they could go to Miami. Right. All right. Well, it's time for the next segment of the show. It's time for I said what, what I, I said. said. You wanna go first, Marie? Yeah, so my I said what I said kind of ties into the things we've been talking about earlier, where you know, people getting their stimmies and the weather's warming up and people wanna you know, get back, they call it getting back to normal. And there's been just memes all over social media, like, oh, I can't wait to, you know, things go back to normal so I can, and then insert your funny picture or whatever. And, you know, the vaccines are rolling out and people are feeling more comfortable um, being around people. And I think in a lot of places, uh, kids are going back to school. I know here in Philly, um, like every day or so, they're like this many more schools are having going back to in-person um, right. classrooms. And I don't think that's a good thing for us to be ready to go back to normal because, you know, yeah, we miss the social interaction. And, you know, some of my coworkers are like, I can't wait to get back in the office. I'm like, not me. I can stay at home. But everyone's, you know, in a rush to go back to the way things were and you know that's good i guess for some people but one of the things that's also going back to normal is the number of mass shootings that are occurring in the u.s like before when everyone was inside you know it was more calm but there have been seven mass shootings in the past seven days right like That's insane. yeah, Atlanta, Colorado. There was one here in Philadelphia. Where at? Uh, it was in North Philly. Like five people got shot. Oh, by only. Um, I don't know. What transportation was. session? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but they're just like doing the most, and you know, to to go back to normal is like having to deal with this kind of shit again, and I'm, I don't want that. So I'm willing to stay home as long as it takes. So we right. have to go back to, to normal because if that's normal, I'd rather be abnormal. Right. And I said I what I said. Totes agree. So my I said what I said is actually inspired by a conversation I had with my boyfriend over the weekend. And it is somewhat controversial, uh, but I'm going to just say this. Um, it has to do with Andrew Cuomo in New York <laughs> and the asking him to resign, right? Um, If you don't know, there have been multiple allegations against Andrew Cuomo 
for um, sexual harassment or, you know, making a hostile workplace mm-hmm. uh, for many of his um, female identifying staffers, if mm-hmm. you will. And, um, you know, I feel like this is, it's, you know, Me Too had a lot of growth. And I think that Me Too kind of was on pause this time last year after the pandemic, right? And I think that, you know, Governor Cuomo was really formidable and front and center uh, this time last year with the handling of the pandemic in the epicenter of New York City uh, as the governor of the state. I know the nursing homes got him fucked mm-hmm. up, and I think, and I think it's the guy who was in charge of the nursing homes, that Asian guy. I'm, I'm, I'm missing his name. But oh, um, stop Asian hate. That's <laughs> not Asian hate. I just can't recall his name. But I feel like he. It was after that whole thing happened that now, in my timeline, in my recollection, this whole all these allegations of sexual harassment then began rolling out mm-hmm. because he. I remember him being on the news on MSNBC, on Rachel Maddow, Joy Reid, on Anderson Cooper. Like, oh, yeah, he cursed me out, this, that, and the third. He's a bully. He's a, you know, a mean guy. And then after that, it kind of opened the floodgates. And I'm not commenting on the veracity of these claims. And I do believe that it takes a lot for a woman to come forward. I believe that these um, incidences of sexual harassment and inappropriate conduct in the workplace happen far more often than most people believe. And I think that if a woman has the courage to come forward, that it should be investigated. And we've kind of talked about Me Too in the past on the mm-hmm. show, maybe been controversial. But to me, and I don't know all of the information, but some the most, the, the biggest claims I have heard regarding instances of sexual misconduct or harassment have been, one woman said that, oh, we, we were taking a picture and he put his arm on my shoulder. And that made me feel uncomfortable. There was another woman who said, um, you know, oh, we were at a holiday party and he asked me for a kiss and I said no. And, you know, his attempt at consent was unwanted and unwelcomed. And then there was a third incident that I can recall where, like, a woman, like, was at some function. She had, like, a kielbasa. A hot dog. dog, And he was like, (laughs) eat the whole thing. And (laughs) it was just like, okay. I take these incidences very seriously. Maybe this is part of my privilege as a man. I don't know. But to me, none of these amounted to the severity or the pervasiveness legally or even objectively required in society to be sexual harassment. Like, I felt, I feel like grabbing someone's shoulder and pulling them in in a picture is kind of like a safe zone. You know, maybe the the the, the kielbasa or the, the, the hot dog comment was off color, but a lot of comedy is off color. Right, but I don't know the frequency with which this is I mean, he wasn't like deep throat that shit. Right, right. You know, and it is just like, you know, the other woman saying that, you know, oh, well, he asked me for a kiss. Well, he asked your consent mm-hmm. and you denied his consent. Just because, like, we can't now punish people for asking for consent and then, you know, yeah. you deny them. Like, because the whole point, like, we can't teach, we can't teach people, hey, you need to gain consent. And then when they attempt to gain consent, you then claim that it's harassment because the ask was unwanted and it's just like I'm, well the answer was like no the answer was no and then it's done and you move mm-hmm. on and she said after she said no he never tried anything like so my thing is well what is the issue yeah and then when i saw the lady said he asked me one time if i had a boyfriend right and that's a way of asking consent like is it okay for me to proceed and you know 
I think that for me, these claims against him seem like an attack. I find the timing of the claims to be really crazy. And it's also like, we have to think about the hierarchy of the sexual identity and the, and the social sexual structure in this country. Because in having this conversation with my boyfriend, he and I both talked and we were just like, you know what? I'm thinking about all the time as a gay man that I've been sexually harassed. And I will say this, as a gay man, you know, the, no, the number one group who has given me the most verbal and physical sexual harassment that was unwelcome and unwanted white women exactly cisgender straight white women have i've been in clubs they have grabbed my penis they have grabbed my ass they have cat called me they have verbally made me feel very uncomfortable i've been physically groped and touched by more cisgender straight white men in a gay space well, yeah. Than anywhere else. And it's like, okay, well, is that a conversation where you're going to have? I'm not trying to, you know, take the Me Too back or, or turn the Me Too on you, but let's have like a really a, a, a conversation. Just because I'm a man doesn't mean that like women have right to my body because it's happened so much. It's happened recently and it's during a pandemic. And it's just like, is that a conversation that we're having or is that a conversation that we can't have because we're still subscribing to these other gender norms despite one's sexuality? It's not about that. It's just about having agency over your body. So I know that that's kind of like a long and convoluted, I said what I said, and I'm not commenting specifically on the Andrew Cuomo situation, but I am saying that some of these, the, the cases that I'm hearing personally don't sound that severe to make this man, to ruin his career and to make him resign. Well, they say that it's also, um, like, the reason they want him to resign is that they think he'll be replaced by a Republican, and then something about the the district attorney, and then the attorney general, and, like, the case, because he's retiring, then the case against Trump. So they say in this, like, layers to it, and that's why. Well, if it's political, then have it be that. But let's not, like, I think to make that assertion against someone is a very serious one. And you don't do that lightly or for political gain. You know, if you like saying, hey, it's a technical thing. We don't want you to be replaced by a Republican governor. That's going to throw our state. It's a political, you know, Democrat, Republican thing. Then, then move with that integrity. Mm-hmm. Don't say that. Don't say that this man is a sexual, you know, deviant. Mm-hmm. Because that has other implications. Yeah. And that's all I have to right. say. And I said what I said. And if I hurt anybody's feelings, the name of the segments, I said what I said. <laughs> Don't have that. <laughs> all right. Well, it's time for our last and final segment of the show. It's tens, tens, tens. Tens across the board. What's your tens this week, Maurice? My tens this week is going to your favorite person. Kanye Omari West. What? Because he was named the richest black person in America for all of like 20 minutes because they announced that um, he got like a Yeezy deal with Gap and then another kind of deal with somebody else. Mm -hmm. But, um, and they said his estimated um, net worth is $6.6 billion. Um, and then Forbes magazine came out and said, nah, girl, you a liar. And I feel like Forbes must be having- Hasn't this happened before with him? Yeah. So Forbes must be having some hard times because anytime it's like someone, there's like a money article that comes out and there's someone in the Kardashian-Jenner orbit 
then they put out like this, you know, another article saying that this person is lying. So they did it with Kylie and they said that um, they stripped her. Remember that? Right. Kylie, Kylie Jenner caught up in a web of lies. And, self-made billionaire. Yeah, they stripped her self-made billionaire title away. Um, youngest self-made billionaire. And they said that she's not worth a billion dollars. She's only worth like $989 million or something like that. Girl, close enough. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so they kind of did the same thing with Kanye. So, um, you know, they said like on the strength of these deals, that would elevate his net worth, but the deals haven't made any money yet. So technically, it's you know, a projection. Yeah, it's a projection. It's like a valuation. So they're saying like technically he's not even worth that much, but I mean, mm-hmm. he's still got a lot. So the um, the richest black man in America is Robert F. Smith. And he was the guy who was giving away those scholarships oh, to Morehouse. Yes. <laughs> that he never paid. Oh God, he still ain't paid him? He ain't paid them people. Ah, oh, they waiting for that like the Stimmies. Yeah. Oh, mess. And then what? who else is on this list? Like Oprah, you know, Tyler Perry, Jay-Z, Michael Jordan. Um, Kanye's still technically like number five with 1.3 billion. He has like a stake. Oh, yeah, he has a stake in um, like Skims. He has like the Yeezy deal. Yeah, and he makes his money, so. Right. He got more money than most of us can imagine because we down here trying to decide if it's going to be a marriage or a mortgage. <laughs> right. Exactly. He's, 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 he has lots of mortgages, and I'm sure he'll have lots of marriages. Well, maybe not. Oh, are they not divorcing? I don't think they will. Because I also watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians oh. um, the other day. And, you know, it's the premiere of their final season on E! And I feel like they're not going to get divorced. But that's just me. We shall see. I do think that the divorce negotiation is going to be very contentious. Mm -hmm. I think it's to that point. But, but, Mm -hmm. you know, you are the resident Kardashian expert. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) All right, you done your tens? Yep, that's it. All right, child. Well, my tens this week goes to the California State Board of Education. Um, the State Board of Education unanimously approved a curriculum of coursework for grades kindergarten through 12, um, and it is going to teach students the history, struggles, and contributions of Black, Asian, Latino, and Native American students. It's also going to have a focus on racism and marginalization in America. And um, it's going to be taught to California's over 1 million students. You know, California is the most populous state in the union, uh, one of the most powerful states in the union. Sometimes they say, as California goes, so goes the country. Um, There's only two other states, Oregon and Vermont, that require ethnic studies. But no other state requires an amount of curriculum and study that California will require. Um, I think this is really great. Sometimes, you know, in the you know, Black Lives Matter and the movement and all the progression that we see people fighting for in the civil rights area, we it can be discouraging and we don't feel like there's good things that are happening. And I think it's always good to kind of get something refreshing, and especially when it comes to the kids, because I believe the children are the future. You know, you teach them well and you let them lead the way. And teaching them... <laughs> 
teaching them requires teaching children, both white children, black children, children of all colors, races, and creeds about the truth of this country and our heritage and that everyone is valued. And giving kids a space within the curriculum that's in there that they're important, they're valued, they should be heard. And I think that it's going to do really great for this next generation of kids coming up, specifically in California, because it's now required in their education system. And the fact that this was brought unanimously for the entire state board of education has even more of a solid backing that this is the right thing to do. I think that this should be the future of education for all American children. I think it is most important and imperative and it will lead to better empathy, better understanding, and better conversations, connections amongst all Americans, despite your ethnic heritage and background. Mm -hmm. I'm just really That's proud of California. What? I know I sound like oh my Kamala girl. I'm all you know, I'm ready for office. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. Good luck. <laughs> no, I got too many bodies in the closet. <laughs> Not even skeletons. <laughs> all right. Well, yes, so my tens goes to the California State Board of Education for that awesome decision. Tens to you. All right, Maurice, any other updates or announcements for our listeners? No, that's it. Tends to one of my homegirls. Um, got engaged over the weekend. Oh. So happy for her. Um, Congratulations, homegirl. Yeah, can't wait to start planning her wedding and, and doing all Go that, going her. through all of that. So tends to you. We love that. Yeah. Congratulations. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening to our show. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category Is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com. <laughs>